Hey, are you looking to buy or sell real estate? You've got questions. We've got answers. Welcome to the show. It's going to be great. Featuring Matt and Jen from Home Team for You. And now, further ado got fired. So let's just cut straight to it. It's Matt and Jen. Thanks, Adu. I mean, Jacob. Yeah. Adu's gone. Further ado. Further ado has <laughs> left the building. I know, you guys. That joke's getting old, yo. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to hire someone else or find a new expression or something. No, I, I think further ado is fine. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We are excited today in studio. We have Roger Stodder. Hey, Rod. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Good. How's uh, how's real estate treating you? The market, all that kind of good stuff. Well, it's been a very exceptional year. The spring and early summer was just wild with uh, buyer panic. It's calmed down some the rest of the year. We have been desperately short of houses to sell. A very, very strange year, but a, a good year from a realtor's point of view. We've been selling a lot of houses. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it for sure. That's right. So for those of you listeners that don't know, Roger's actually my father, so we know each other pretty well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of the real estate that I know comes from him. So, uh, And he's on today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the north side of Madison. S- of Madison. And um, you had a lot of experience on the north side because you started with Starter Realty over there, and you had your business over there, correct? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, my brother Ron and I operated as Stoddard Realty with offices at the corner of North Sherman and Commercial for quite some years before I joined the Stark Company in the mid-1980s. And so we know the, the north side well. There are some substantial advantages that the north side offers to home buyers, particularly first-time home buyers. The... Uh, Northside has more affordable houses than any other section of Madison. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the definition of an affordable house? Well, that keeps shooting up. I would say maybe say maybe three twenty-five and down is affordable housing. We don't have nearly enough affordable housing in the city of Madison or in Dane County. And if you want to buy a house say under 325 the north side is probably the best place to look you'll have a larger selection there and uh, so that's that's the basic plus of the north side of madison what do you think the north side when you first started selling in madison what was the average sale price then oh gosh i suppose maybe 25,000 something like that <laughs> so uh, it it has changed dramatically it's like your cabinet cost, just over your cabinet cost, isn't Jacob for your new house? Yeah, that that's the cost <laughs> of the uh, the upgrades, just so that I could live in a neighborhood, <laughs> yeah, just to meet the ACC standards. Yeah, I, I sold houses for as little as uh, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars when I started, and uh, worked. A lot of this time in the early years in a subdivision where we were selling new three bedroom ranches for seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand dollars. Do you remember the subdivision? Which subdivision? Painted post. Oh yeah, off of yeah, Cashgrove Road. In the Alvium School District, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't you build a couple over there too? 
not there, but not I, there. But you built a couple. I I built six houses when I was starting out in the business. I lost about three thousand a house, <laughs> which was a lot a of profit. <laughs> which was a lot of money in that uh, period. So I paid off my debts. Swore I would never build another house and I never have. <laughs> yeah, I heard a rumor and it may have been from somebody who liked you at the time, but they said that your houses were built very well and were very solid and you put good things in them and then people wouldn't pay for it. Well, I answer is yes. To yeah. say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you an out, man. Take it. <laughs> the north side was basically built around Oscar Meyer and company. They were in business, uh, I don't know, almost 100 years. At one point, Oscar Meyer had 3,500 people working there. By 2015, they were down to 1,000 workers. They'd been sold several times. The Meyer family no longer owned it. And the latest sale, they, they closed the plant there and moved out of town, which left a substantial economic hole on the north side of Madison. And uh, it, it does mean that there's less demand for houses on the north side than there would be if Oscars was still there and, and makes houses more affordable, which is a positive for first-time home buyers, because we desperately need houses for first-time home buyers. And those areas of Coolidge and uh, those streets over there are actually kind of a nice neighborhood. Yeah, these are these are nice nice neighborhoods. When uh, when uh, my office was over in that area, that was before the Oscar Mayer smell had been cleaned up. <laughs> some of uh, some of your older listeners will remember Oscar Mayer smelled. Bad, bad. <laughs> Rotten hot dogs. And, uh, <laughs> Something like that. And so you had the Oscar Mayer smell. You had planes going over, <laughs> overhead. So I would sell houses on Myrtle and Coolidge and yeah. those streets in there by telling people, this is, your, this is your opportunity. This is the lowest cost housing that you can find in a single family house. Mm -hmm. These negatives drive the price down and give you an opportunity as a first-time home buyer to buy a house. We flipped a couple of houses years ago on Myrtle and Coolidge. They Did were you? actually Forest Products Labs um, housing, so they're prefab Forest Products Labs houses. Yeah, they were. Th that area was built right after the Second World War. They had uh, some strange floor plans. They had kitchens that were so small you couldn't get a kitchen table in there. Mm -hmm. They still do. <laughs> But uh, most people eat in front of the TV now, so they right. were forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know on the north side, one of the biggest advantages of it is that people don't realize how convenient it is because you can get east side really fast. You can get downtown super fast, but you can also get west really, really fast. So it's really convenient if like one spouse works west and one works east. Yeah, yeah, you can go around the lake to get to the west side quickly. And, of course, you've got the airport mm -hmm. on the north side. A lot of people who live on the west side, live in Middleton, Verona, takes them, what, 45, 50 minutes 
to commute to the airport. If you live in uh, Maple Bluff or Cherokee, you can get to the airport in about seven minutes. And there are certainly people who live in Maple Bluff, in Cherokee, if they fly a lot, it makes a lot of big difference to them. Now, let's talk a little bit more about Maple Bluff. How do you think Maple Bluff sort of became uh, the up-and-coming area, not up-and-coming, but like the luxury area on the north side? A couple of things. The governor's mansion has has been there for a long time, so that gives it a lot of pr- prestige. Mm-hmm. And it it was basically where the Meyer family and the executives of Oscar Meyer lived and uh, that's uh, that was the the basis of the of the community. It, it was sort of the classiest place in Madison to live for many many years. Maybe it still is. Uh, houses are expensive, particularly on the lake, and uh, a lot of people have lived there for a long time. So it's uh, it's and beautiful area you know it's a great great place to live what years do you think that was started maple bluff gosh i suppose uh, i don't know when it was a new development i just wonder if that actually helped then cherokee as those residents wanted condos did that help yeah because a lot of people go from maple bluff to cherokee and cherokee's uh condo association on the north side yeah yeah the Cherokee condos are, in my opinion, probably the nicest condo association in uh, in the Madison area. There are, I think, 650 units out there. They run a real, real nice operation there. The property always looks very nice. There's a golf course. And uh, as you say, a lot of people, uh, when they their families are raised and they're looking for smaller housing, they uh, they out to uh, condos in Cherokee. Yeah, don't they have like a golf, no, excuse me, they have golf, they have tennis, tennis um, and I mean there's pools, but you, what you were saying about uh, Cherokee being really well kept, all of the landscaping is always really nice, they have uh, water features outside, and but there's also tons of different styles of units over there. You've got some of the older ones that may not have an elevator that might have steps up, but a lot of the newer ones, they have nice elevators and uh, those kind of California rooms that Wisconsin they have. Rooms. Oh, excuse me, yeah, Wisconsin room. Yeah, yeah. It's Cherokee is a is a very nice condo development and uh, a real asset to the community. And uh, I considered at one point moving there myself. Mm-hmm. Then we pulled you into some prairie. <laughs> well, that might have been the lake. Yeah. First. Uh, the problem was it's it's probably twenty minutes to the office from Cherokee. Sure. So. But what about Cherokee Marsh? That's right there. Cherokee Marsh is is an interesting piece of land. It was uh, it was developed by um, John Fox, who was a very dynamic business person. And Cherokee was a swamp to begin with. And they always called John the Swamp Fox. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he, he made it happen. He built those houses. He built 
the condos and uh, personally was responsible for making that development work. And still as if you're walking around the golf course at Cherokee, you could feel it's a little bit squishy. Yeah. 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 Especially for rains. (laughs) It's a lot squishy. (laughs) It was, it was a swamp. Of course, Sun Prairie was a swamp too. So we, we can't make fun of Cherokee, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the schools over there, do you have some info about the Northside schools? There are, there are five elementary schools in, uh, on the north side, Sandburg, Lakeview, Hawthorne, Lindbergh, Mendota. They are well-regarded schools, and uh, so you're, you're fairly close to a school, an elementary school, no matter where you, uh, where you live on the north side. Kids go to, uh, to East High, uh, a lot of the kids go out to the uh, in Maple Bluff. Go out to the private school on the uh, out uh, north of town. The name of it slips me at this yeah. point. But yeah, it's like Country View or Country something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a con- as you say it's a convenient part of town. Can, you can get on a get on a bus and go downtown pretty pretty readily. I mean, it's really fast to downtown. It's you don't think it is, but then all of a sudden you're just zipping and you're basically almost there. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. <laughs> so the bottom line is, if you are a first time home buyer, the North Side is good place to look because houses are more affordable. The demand for them is high. This last spring we had houses that had four, five, six, seven offers on them. But uh, obviously people, if they kept at it, they got a house and the values keep going up. One of the, one of the problems that the real estate market has and the whole community has is that it's getting tougher and tougher for people to buy their first house. Values went up 11% in Madison in 2021, which is way too high. And so you are pricing people out of the market who want to buy their first house. And that is always a segment of the market that I have spent a lot of time in working with low down payment buyers, FHA mortgage, VA mortgages, 5% down, getting people into their first house. And it's it's tougher and tougher. And I, I head to the north side when I got a buyer who wants to buy their first house and is looking around 250, 275, 300, three and a quarter. Isn't that crazy just thinking about a first time buyer at 300,000? Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of kind of mind-boggling given my perspective over, yeah. perspective over the years, but that's that's the reality, and uh, it makes sense to buy as soon as you have the economic capability of doing it. Mm-hmm. Housing is not getting cheaper, and probably will not get cheaper because there is a dramatic disparity between supply and demand. 
and that disparity will drive up prices and will continue to drive up people who bought houses in 2021 ask themselves, did I pay way too much? Am I going to find out that I'm going south in a year or two and be underwater? And I think the answer is no. The demand is there. The supply is not. That situation is not going to change. So the prices that you paid in 2021 to buy your first house is probably going to just go up. Mm-hmm. Let's just go back to the north side really quick with the very first condo association over there. So uh, East Bluff claims that they're the very first condo association in Madison. Do you remember that association and when condos came and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, when I started in the real estate business, we didn't have any condos. East Bluff was the first condo project. That land, I understand, was uh, was designated for a Coles grocery store to begin with, and for some reason they didn't build it and instead built East Bluff, which are uh, low-priced condos. You can buy a condo in there for what... We, I, our team had one. It was listed at one sixty nine nine. So, just a few years ago, they were one ten. Yeah. Right. So, so the cheap, lower price condos like that are a good place to get started as a as a homeowner, and those values have uh, have gone up and up. And how many units are there at East Bluff? I imagine there must be what two hundred, couple hundred, couple hundred. Yeah, there's lots. And you like in the in- interior, you have two bedrooms. On the exteriors, you have the three-bedroom units. And there's there's just a couple different kitchen floor plans. And I remember going through them with you when I was young. And you would do your little thing where you would say, and my daughter will now show you this room. And I would take them <laughs> oh, here brother. and take them there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, he, it was more like, you know, my kid's annoying, but she's going to help you. <laughs> Go do something, Jen. Go. I, I thought I was a helper. And if you like baseball, Warner Park's across the street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Warner, Warner Park is across the street. They play baseball there. And the, uh, yeah, you got the Mallards. The Mallards. Yep. And they do a nice job. So it is. Uh, Northside is is an, is an attractive place. Maple Bluff and Cherokee are are high end, lovely places to live, and the main body of the neighborhood is is affordable for first time home buyers. That's basically what's to be said for the north side. I'm interested to see photos of uh, East or not East Bluff, um, the Oscar Meyer area when that was first developed because i had heard at one point there was a bridge crossing from oscar meyer to those um neighborhoods we were just talking about with coolidge and yeah yep you could people could uh, could walk to work from uh from myrtle street and coolidge and what are the other streets over there uh, North street and uh, so yeah there's uh, there was an overpass and in front of the uh in front of the Oscar Mayer plant was a structure that housed the union. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, it was, and of course, Oscar Mayer meets uh, our, our famous national international company. And it was, it was a real 
lost to the community when they left, although they had been in decline. But uh, back in the day, I, I would sell houses to people, husband and wife both had worked at Oscars for 15, 25 years, and they, uh, they'd they have a cottage up north, and, uh, and I you know, owned their home in Madison. It makes sense when you think about those houses being prefab houses on those streets. Um, because if you're talking 3,500 workers. Got to get them up. They have a place, have a place to live. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And it's extra nice. I mean, over there, you're right by the lake. So people can go walking around there and doing all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Lake Mendota is, uh, is part of the neighborhood certainly adds to the charm mm-hmm. adds to the values of maple bluff too yep yep <laughs> yeah just a little bit okay well let's switch topics over to uh what we were we just came from and uh we just had a pie eating contest mm, pie. Mm-hmm. and um Raj did not participate as a pie eater, but did he you? he did some really. <laughs> I believe I'm the only one that participated. Awesome um, pom pom work. <laughs> so, what did somebody tell you that was watching? Somebody asked me if uh, Jen and Matt had inherited the idea of a pie eating contest from me, <laughs> and I staunchly said no. <laughs> Staunchly, he, he Raj is still in denial that we used to do that at all of our holidays. <laughs> it was just like grab a pie and snarf. But the uh, the pie uh, the pie giveaway mm-hmm. is uh, is certainly a promote. I don't know that we ever did that before. Use I think it was your I- idea. Mm-hmm. It's probably how many four or five years ago now we started that. Oh, uh, maybe longer. Yeah, but it's. People drive a long ways to get a free pie. That's right. Yeah, uh, it's it's great yeah. to see people too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pe- people and, and uh, I've had people come in and you know they want to tell you about their house and what they've done to it. And so it's it's really a very nice event. It's uh, holiday season and it's it's all good for the homeowners and good for the real estate company. I think a lot of times as agents we kind of lose we don't get to see our clients face to face it's you know a phone call email text what you know like that but if they come in for the pie then we have a chance to actually see them face to face and talk with them especially now that we can do that yeah well we're still having ours go through the parking lot we're not having in previous years we had the event actually come in and uh, we did photo booths and all kinds of fun things but just I know that the COVID restrictions are getting less and less, but we're like, yeah, we're just going to do it the same way that we, we did it last year because people seem to like just kind of rolling through. And we have Homie, our turkey, that will be out there dancing to entertain all the children and the dogs. We had a lot of dogs last year. Remember? Yes. Yeah, we did. Yeah, the dogs yeah. Were, were, were freaked. <laughs> they were very nervous <laughs> about were, that turkey like, dancing like, around. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> did too. kind of freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's a, it's it's... A nice, a nice event. You're giving something back to people mm-hmm. who were your clients, and you get to see people that you haven't seen for a while. And people get to come in and tell you they like their house, and uh, mm-hmm. it is all, all a happy holiday event. Yeah the the hardest part about the event is that people are like, it's free. 
Like yeah. free, free? I don't understand. Yeah. How, how are you giving me a pie for free? What's the catch? It's There's not no a small catch. Pie. Yeah. It's like a five pound pie. It's a big old pie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even some of our team members were like, you want me to just ask a, pump, a bunch of people if they want a free pie? Like, am I paying for it? No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just. How is it free? It's like, it just is. This is what we do. We give back. So. It's yeah. called marketing people. We have a yeah. percentage of those pies that'll go back to the fire and police. Yeah. EMS. Yeah. I was once told that free is the most powerful word in the English language. Yeah. It does attract people. Uh, if you watch the commercials regarding uh, benefits for seniors, there's a period now that uh, you can change your insurance if you're on Medicare and so forth. And all of the ads say, it's free! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what the second most powerful word in the English language is? Pie. Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, speaking of that, we had a couple of our eaters in the pie eating contest, including one who was sure he was going to win that didn't <laughs> actually like pie. <laughs> you think that'd be kind of a caveat. <laughs> but he was just like, I'm not coming in to lose, so I'm, you know, I'm going to go big. But yeah, we he was had talking two smack before we even like sat down. Yeah. You believed week them. Before. Yeah. You'd you go, believed you totally them. believed Shout them. Shout out, Dom. Yeah. Yeah. But like when, if you watch the video back, he's just like, I hate pie. <laughs> As he's trying to like eat it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think Brendan liked pie very much either. No. Every year I do this and I hate pie after I get done. <laughs> uh, it's also fun to see the expressions when they realize they don't get forks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah seven she was like i just realized there's no forks we're like correct it's like hands behind your back that's your face is for <laughs> mm -hmm. did she really not know no she did not that's awesome I, I don't think she would have done it if we told her that well that screws up next year well i mean Al. i just sent messages to everyone on the team saying you know Pick your flavor. See you there yeah and <laughs> so they picked their flavor no, but 12 contestants yeah. yeah, it's great. I think it's a big year. Maybe, How many maybe. pies are we up to for the pie giveaway? Um, as of the recording of this podcast, we're about two forty-five. Oh, I think it's a lot of pies. Yeah, yeah. Last year we gave out about a hundred or so. So yeah, I think people weren't coming out so much last year. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of everybody was hunkered in. A forklift pallet. Full of pies in the back of my truck. When you, well, you're, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a couple pallets. We're gonna have more, like three forklifts this year. So we need at least three or four trucks. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little logistical. Excuse issue. me, Costco, do you deliver? Supply deliver. chain issues over here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the supply chain, it's the delivery. <laughs> we'll get the pies, just how to get them to here. Mm -hmm. That's the supply chain issue. Who else yeah. do we know that has a truck? I guess Jake. Jake, can't, he can't sell us. Tell me he can't sell his truck before I already, I already tried. He's going <sighs> to. Yeah. Jake just bought himself a Tesla. I don't know if you've seen it in the parking lot. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't wait till it runs out of electricity. Matthew. <laughs> I can't wait till your car runs out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> it actually looks really cool. Yeah. He let us sit in it, and it's got this big screen. And it's about the size of your screen. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah. No, really. Nothing else on the dash besides the screen. Yeah. We can just press a button, and he said it's always running. And there's all these different places where he can plug it in and charge. And so, yeah, so that'll be your next car, Dad. We'll get you an electric car. 
I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> it, it's 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 going to be a while before they have enough charging stations. I think he said he can go three hundred miles on a charge, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think I think he does it from home. Ninety nine percent of people with their car, they just charge it at home at night. Uh-huh. So like road trips might be a little logistical. You got to figure it out. But yeah, if you just plug in your car when you when you get home, you get a full charge in the morning. It's like a full tank of gas. Good to go. Well, that's obviously the coming thing. I think it was one of the great schools in Cottage Grove, actually, had yeah. two or three charging stations. They have it at the um, Glacial Drumlin Middle School. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not against it. I just... Uh, You're not for it. You just don't want to be, like, <laughs> trapped without electric. And I, you're like, I, help. I don't, I don't feel like an automotive pioneer. That's a, that's a real thing, though. I forget what it's called, uh, like, electric... Phobia? <laughs> Yeah, like charging phobia or something. Like, it's the biggest hurdle people have to getting the electric cars is they're worried that, well, I'm going to run out of charge, and then I'll be stuck. I can't just pull over to a gas station. Yeah, but if you can pull over and plug in somewhere, it's just... How do you think that that will evolve? Will there be charging stations instead of gas stations? I mean, just have to figure out how to charge it faster. Because I think if you stop somewhere, there's it's a little bit of a longer period of time. Yeah. do the charging, isn't it? It's maybe like 20 minutes. To okay. charge it to, all the way? I don't know if to get it all the way, but to get it uh, really a good amount where you're good for a long time. Well, it's coming. Not only is uh, Tesla obviously uh, booming, but uh, Ford Ford yeah. and GM and uh, and uh, Chrysler. What's the other one? Uh, Rivian? And, and all mm-hmm. of the big car companies are, are committed to it. In fact, just this week there was a big, a big first offering for an outfit called Rivian, which yeah. is going to build electric trucks, yep. and Ford had a big interest in that, and uh, so it'll be interesting to to watch, and uh, maybe I'll get one someday. Who knows? Once I hit thirty thousand Rogers or three hundred thousand, that's when I'm making the change. <laughs> At forty thousand more to go. Yeah, Matt really nice. wants an electric truck. By then, hopefully, they've worked out all the kinks. Yeah, I'd I'd let them work out yeah. the, work out the kinks. Well, they've been electric cars for a long time, so they should be getting yeah. pretty good with the kinks. Well, it's companies like Ford, though. This is their first really big venture with all the F one fifties. I think. I think Tesla's worked out all the kinks, but yeah, I think all the other main automobile guys they still gotta play a little bit of catch up couple of kinks they gotta they gotta figure it out yeah well it's production even changing over these plants to from you know a typical truck to over to electrics have you have you guys ever heard of the gigapress mm-hmm. i'm a i'm a tesla nerd mm-hmm. so uh tesla they are gonna start making their cars with a thing called the gigapress which is a single machine and just makes the car like it instead of all these parts and robots and stuff, it's just like a three D mold almost, and they just. How do you open the door? I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't make the kicker press, but they. It's like Play Doh. It's just gonna next car, next car, and they just pump them out. But most of these are gonna roll down the assembly line. They're not gonna have engines, so all they're doing is loading batteries, probably from the bottom up. I would think. I think that's what they do now, but I think that in the future they're going to have the batteries like integrated Into more the, tightly woven in the the body frame of it, and and that'll be part of the Gigapress. So mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Ask Elon. I, we need I, to get Elon or a Ford. Yeah. Elon, call us. Elon, we got questions. He'll be on the podcast next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might be in space. We'll have to. It'll be a long distance. Yeah. 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 Collect calls. Yeah. No. Collect calls from space. Mm-hmm. All right. So for those of you that don't know, Roger reads about, what, seven papers a day or something like that, newspapers? Well, I used to read five, <laughs> but uh, many of them have merged and died, so I, uh, I, I read the State Journal and the Wall Street Journal, and then I read a lot of things online, too. Ooh. But uh, the Capital Times does not print anymore in the middle. Sentinel has merged with the Milwaukee Journal, and so newspapers are not what they used to be. Right. What uh, is the most interesting news that you've heard of lately? Because Rod is always putting articles on my desk, and every day he gives me a Wall Street Journal to take home for our son. So the uh, I guess. The withdrawal, in terms of real estate, the withdrawal of of Zillow from buying houses and reselling them based upon logarithms seems to have uh, bombed out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, I, I think real estate prices, understanding real estate markets are so local that you can't just uh, just plug it into a technology and say, here, we're going to figure out what this is worth now and what it'll be worth in six months. It's, it's a very local process, and I think you need realtors who know what they're doing to be part of the process. It, it, it just is not applicable to to try to do it all with technology and then the the economy is is unreliable too you can't just say last year prices went up 11 percent in the madison area that's going to happen next year too no i mean there's no no ability to predict real accurately what's going to happen so we have to deal with uh, with uncertainty, and machines are not built to deal with uncertainty. Yeah, the one thing that I heard that I thought was a little bit interesting was uh, I heard someone say Zillow may have figured out that the market right now is too good to be profitable in kind of a flipping company, so they may just be backing off of it. And if the market, if and when the market changes that they would, you know, dip their toe back in. But right now the market was just too strong, too volatile. Yeah, I think that, you know, if 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 a major company like that can can catch the wave correctly and buy when things, you know, buy low and sell high, uh, sounds like a good simple plan, but tough in execution. And when you plug in all of the local factors, it may or may not be doable. It's so hard to do at that scale, too. Yeah. You know, at our level, if we would do that, it's a little bit easier to flip houses because we have a good, better idea of the neighborhoods. And the, yeah, yeah. But once you get into the uh, 
you know, skill that they were doing it, it's a little bit tougher. And one of the things that they were doing is they were hiring their own employees that were realtors, but a lot of the people that they were getting weren't experienced. So you didn't have that kind of background knowledge that you get from being in real estate for 20 plus years. So when they first started out the program, they were having actual agents do it. And I think that gave them a lot of hope that, hey, this can work. But then I think those agents were pulled in multiple different directions. So they weren't necessarily, they wanted to have more control. So it was like, okay, let's have these, you know, more employee people do it. And the employee people, I mean, they didn't get that same drive because realtors is like, okay, we have to get this done. You know, they're commission based and things. And if you're just on a salary, it's kind of a different mindset. Yep. Yeah, it is. Uh, it looks easy to buy low and sell high in real estate. And then you start building homes, right? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> but it, it, wow. a, lot, a lot of things can can screw you up. Mm-hmm. And to people who are successful in buying homes that need work, fixing them up and reselling them, have to have really a high level of expertise. You have to understand what the market is for a house that is fixed up, and you have to understand how little you can pay for the property, and you have to project your costs accurately, which is really tough. Anybody who has fixed up their house and estimated how much it's going to cost to begin with, it probably cost more. Yeah, and like Matt knows, when you start a project, just know that there's going to be something in the walls or whatever that's going to have a major issue. We used yep. to add ten to fifteen percent onto what our for surprises. Cost was for surprises. Yeah, yeah. I, I've watched enough HGTV oh, shows. <laughs> I mean, that, no, that happens every time you watch an HGTV show and they're going to remodel a house. Like halfway through the remodel, they're like, oh, "Look at the crack in the basement." Yeah, that there's uh, termites and mold, and yeah, this <laughs> Place pipe. Termites. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, uh, it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's that's not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, thank you. Too too risky. I think the dead birds in the living room were the biggest surprise. I think. Yeah, yeah. How many houses do you flip? Seven or eight? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the dead birds in the living room were an issue. How many houses you flip had dead birds? Just one. Oh, okay. I found one. If one this that, is a pattern. One was had a uh, marijuana in the in the attic in a box and paraphernalia. A bunch of bongs from like years and years and years before, like twenty vintage years bongs. Yeah. And and you called the police and were yes. like, "What should we do with this?" Said, just and flush it. He's like, "Flush it and then just get rid of it." We're like, <laughs> "Okay." okay. Flush the marijuana. Mm-hmm. Wait, was the marijuana old? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Gross. But there was uh, what else did we found? Oh, uh, people when they remodeled or built houses would take photos of the family at the time and put it in the walls. So we'd take it out and we put a state journal paper in, and then I'd usually throw a business card in a Ziploc and I'd put it back into the wall. Um, nice. So, so anybody who's opening up walls and you find Matt's business card in there, That's yeah. he did that on purpose. <laughs> In the future, I'd be like, what's a business card? What's a Ziploc? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's a Ziploc? <laughs> That's plastic. You Ooh, figure I those houses were probably what? Well, if they were, those were the Aspen Ryer area, so that was probably 50s. And it took uh, 50, 60 years for me to flip it. So we got 60 years from now, we might have somebody call us. A little time capsule. Yeah. 
keep your number. <laughs> yeah, don't change your number 60 for years. 60 more It years. might not even be like phone numbers. It'll just be telepathy. They'll be like, let's sure. think about him. <laughs> 60 years from now, I probably won't be around, so I'll have to pass that number on. You never know. Their medicines could do great things. Your, your brain will be around. It'll be like Futurama <laughs> yeah. in the jars, just you the know? brain. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get uh, the call. <laughs> it's time. This is why we keep Jacob on we the show. We have a body. <laughs> Talk about preserved brains. That's 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 where my expertise comes in. I can't tell you about the housing market, but but uh, creating imaginary scenarios of the future, I got that all day. Visionary, yeah, you got that. I'm a good. Visionary. All right. Well, we like it. So <laughs> good. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. The um, our team is going to be going on the team trip next week, so we can talk about that a little bit. I think we play some like tropical music or something. I only got these couple buttons, and the rest are not going to work. Let's try this one. No, Mm-mm. no, no kind no. of. That's us at the airport waiting. Yeah, who's terrified yeah. that we're on American Airlines? What's wrong with American? Uh, apparently, there's a mass shortage, and they were on the news that a million people didn't show up for work, and they canceled a whole bunch of flights. <laughs> All the airlines got that problem. <laughs> Yeah. Doesn't help, Jake. Well, hopefully by Saturday, it will be totally figured out. Oh, sure. Because the flight that we're taking is coming from Vegas. So that will probably be late. So we'll probably be sitting in Chicago for a while. But our flight back from Puerto Rico is like one of the first flights. So I think we'll be okay with that See, my idea about the team trip to Lloyd on a bus probably wouldn't work. No airplanes. Yeah, the team vetoed no Beloit on a bus. <laughs> I feel like if there's, gonna, coach bus. if there's gonna be a shortage, the flight from anywhere to Vegas is gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah. The shortages will be to like Appleton. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I know I saw one yeah. of our preferred lenders, he must have been traveling somewhere and he was not super thrilled with Americans, so I'm just hoping that all the good juju in the world will be with us on American. Because I like American. Not a chance. Mm. <laughs> Not a chance. Thanks, Matt. We'll be parked in the airport. Yeah. It should be good. So if anybody has any suggestions of fun things we should do in Puerto Rico, we've never been. But we picked it for the team trip because it uh, was worked better than taking our team to countries where they could get, you know, stuck with COVID and things like that. So... Yeah, because at this yeah this point you can get, go to Puerto Rico and just show your vaccination card and uh, or a, a test a recent test so so that's better because when we were trying to go to Aruba last year it was like trying to coordinate everyone to get their nose swabbed and all of these things and how could you figure it out and then right before everyone was like no we don't want to go go Roger, have, you ever, have you ever had your nose swabbed I have not. It's a fun experience. Should have tried. I've heard that it's a little bit unpleasant. The newer ones, I don't think, it's are so not, bad. It's not so bad anymore. It was the yeah, the original ones, the old school ones. Yeah, you touch your brain. Yeah. Oh, thank one. you. Yeah, I've never had to take one either. I've had about a dozen. Yeah, I've had to take them too. Your grandkids got us sick. Him sick. <laughs> I'm like a chronic uh, hand washer. Oh, I got a schedule on right now. After this podcast, I forgot. Yeah. Ugh. Because there's babies. No, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. There's babies in your family that. Because I got babies in a family. Doctor says, if you 
you want to see the baby, you got to get tests. So I'm going to get a test again. I've had so many COVID tests. I They're like, this guy's an overachiever. Oh the CDC is like, we people know at, him personally. People yeah. at Walmart, Walmart have your name on a yeah. board somewhere. I got a free foot long sub. <laughs> <laughs> my punch card <laughs> oh man but it really wasn't that hard when um because Caden had about did he have a cough or he had something and uh school school wouldn't let oh yeah sore throat school would not let him back in unless he got a clean covid test so he went and did it and of course he got both carson he got and carson sick. and matt sick and they had the exact same symptoms and we're like it's almost for sure the same thing but they both went and got tested just because that's what you have to do. So it's a different world. And I washed my hands like a crazy person and didn't get it. Yay! I think Caden was coughing over my shoulder. I was putting his uh, little entertainment center together. Yeah, that's right. I didn't wash all of his sick dishes or do his sick laundry. It had to have been that. Bum bum bum. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, but so we're looking forward to that. So there will not be a podcast next week. Unless awesome. you guys want to run your own. Ooh. Yeah, actually, there was a uh, Catherine who's not a huge fan of the podcast. We were like, no, do, that's do, not true. She's not a fan of doing the doing podcast. the podcast. Oh, on the yes, podcast. she she likes the podcast. <laughs> it's just actually having to talk on the podcast is In not her. Of, uh, not her favorite thing. So she's like, we can do it from the beach. So we're totally doing it. Yeah. Could we figure that out, Jacob? Yeah, we'll, we'll just do a Facebook Live from your, the beach. Uh, just pull out your iPhones. Be good. We'll just shoot it. We'll be like, hey, do here we are. Do you really want to? Because I feel like you really don't want to do that. If I was in Puerto <laughs> Rico, I would be like, mm, I'll I'm I'll too just, drunk. I'll just walk <laughs> around and ask people, be like, tell me your favorite thing I'm about today. Because Catherine said she was, wants to do it now. Yeah. It has nothing to do with actually wanting to do the podcast. I'm sure she will appreciate if you pull a camera in her face and be like, you're on the show, right? Absolutely. It's like, when we're all in our swim gear. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> That'll be great. She's like, I'm on my fourth daiquiri. <laughs> to be like, better yet. yes. Maybe we could do like home team for you line dancing or something. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all oh. right. Well, I'll be here. You'll be here. Line but dancing. Do you want to uh, ask Raj your question that you ask all of our guests? Certainly. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is the new thing I've been asking every time we have a guest on. Pretty simple question. What is one piece of advice that you have for a buyer in today's market as of like today and one piece of advice for a seller in today's market? For a buyer, I would say let's go. November, December, January. There's going to be less competition out there. This is the time to buy a house without competing with four or five other offers. Now, I have passed that message out, and uh, nobody pays any attention to it because they want to wait until spring when they can compete with all of the other people who ignore me. Uh, <laughs> but that, that would be good advice. Get out there right now. Look at houses. You can make an offer. Maybe you'll be the only offer. It's it's a it's a different market. Sure, it may be snowing when you move, but you're going to be moving into a house that you own, as opposed to waiting until April and May, and being one of seven offers 
on the house and you don't get it and it's the fourth one you didn't get and you're going no place. So that that would be good advice for uh, for buyers, for sellers. Man, we need you. <laughs> we we need houses to sell. The values have gone up pretty uh, pretty dramatically, and uh, whether they will continue to go up, we think they probably will. But uh, it would be a good time to sell, particularly if you don't have to buy after selling if i think that that really makes sense if if you're going to go into senior housing if you're if you're going to go into a rental situation if you're going to move to arizona or florida or texas and might do it this year or next year or the year after this is a good time to get an excellent sale on your house and uh, make a, make a move. You're, you're, you're going to make some money. Arizona, Arizona sounds good. Florida, Puerto Rico. Should I be worried, dad? Are you going to list your house? Uh, no, no. <laughs> we can help you. <laughs> we can help you. I know a good realtor. Yeah. Come on, we need you. <laughs> we need you. But he says, but I'm here to help you, right? <laughs> well, that's that's right. We we already did our, our major move. We lived 25 years in a condo on Lake Monona and needed to move because of uh, Maryland's physical problems. And so we made the move to Sun Prairie three years ago. Has it been three and, years already? Yep. Wow. And uh, she likes the house very much. So when Mama is happy, everybody's That's happy. Right. There you go. Yes, dear. We'll take it. We can probably end the podcast on that. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> yeah. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Hey. Hey. Are you looking to buy or sell real estate in South Central Wisconsin? You know who to call. That's home team number four. Letter U. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. See you later. In two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Nice Bye. back with a nice tan. <laughs>